On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are summoning some big Dickens energy with Stephen Knight's new BBC adaptation of Great Expectations, hopping on the wagon with Rasheen Gallagher for ITV's sobriety comedy The Dry, and working up an appetite with the return of Yellow Jackets, now showing on Paramount+. Plus. Plus, we find out what the Jefferson is going on with David Diggs as he joins us to chat all about Apple's extrapolations. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that would like to ask for a brief moment of silence now as we collectively mourn Disney's Willow TV series that will not, in fact, be returning (laughs) after being cut down in its prime. A weeping willow, if you will. Um, Yeah, indeed. A rather inexplicable turn, I would say, for a pretty decent show. Wouldn't you both say this? Oh, yeah. Like, Kay watched, religiously watched, every episode of nerdy fantasy (laughs) spin-off TV thing, Willow. I mean, come on. Uh, I didn't think it was that great, I have to say. It was fine. It was fine. Boyd was, Boyd fine, was behind the decision for it getting axed. Yeah. No, I was not. Do you know what? I've actually got a funny Willow story to tell, which I cannot tell right now because it's because of- It's embargoed. Forbid, it, it's embargoed. Yeah, my, my story, my anecdote is embargoed. It's about awards and stuff, but I'll tell it eventually in a you few would, So time. when you're able to tell us, you will tell us <laughs> yeah. a Willow story. Ooh, yeah. James. When will you be able to tell us? I want to hear yeah. it now. James, yeah, set your alarm. Not, not for- Sorry, not for a while. I oh, can tell you off air. Damn it. It's just completely annoying. People are going to be furious. Yeah. But yeah. Boyd has a yeah. secret Willow story. Does it involve yeah. Taylor Swift? <laughs> Sadly not, no. Life is a Willow and it bends right to your will, mm. unless, of course, you are Disney+, Plus, in which case you'll cancel the shit out of it. Uh, nice to see that it's not just Netflix going berserk with the fantasy cancellation hammer, though, so I guess there's that. Uh, mm. Anyway, you've heard them already. Because they just spoke. But joining me today <laughs> for more fun and games are my regular two square eyed companions, Boyd Hilton and Kay Ribeiro. Hello. Hello. Hi. So Hi. let's jump into it. What have you been watching? Um, Kay, Willow, presumably. Anything else? <laughs> um, yes, James. Now, I'm not looking to go into any kind of discussion about this, but I have devoured the bay. Um, oh, and good God. Yes. Nope. That's enough for you. Thank you. <laughs> and um, that's why I asked to postpone the podcast by 12 minutes because I was just Oh, finished- my God. Yes. Was that the reason? Yes. You, you, yes. you sold mm-hmm. me a false bill of goods. You told me. Oh, so I've got 70 min- minutes goods. left of the show. I thought you meant one of the shows you were watching for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise you were fucking getting your total bayhem on. <laughs> like, what is that all about? Did you not notice I purposely never said what show I was watching? <laughs> That is telling. No, I just, no, I wanted to finish it. It was, I was on the final episode and uh, we had an hour between recording podcasts and I was like, oh my God, I can watch it. Um, and yeah, I had 17 minutes left. So I did postpone this recording. Um, and I just want to say I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's really, really good. The family were being targeted and that's not a spoiler, but I know everyone was great oh, to see, see, You see what this is now, Boyd? You see what this is? Yeah. All of this oh, was Kay's yeah. way of positioning <laughs> oh it just God. to make the point yeah. that you were wrong and she was right. That's what this whole thing is about. As- no, no, no. She's admitting she was wrong. <laughs> no, what? No, I said they were what? being targeted. No. Oh, gaslighting from Boydie. No, no, Excellent no. work. <laughs> yeah, what? But, no, this is memory. Is this you, is memory. No, 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 no. What I mean is, you've, what you've just said is, mm. it's by watching these further episodes yeah. that you know that. Spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert. At the time, in the first fucking episode that we were reviewing, we didn't know whether they were being targeted they or were, not. They were obviously being targeted. And also... Uh, she's still... She's still... This is, this is honestly... It wasn't a random attack. Is, and this also, is Kay's stubbornness in, in brilliant, full, vivid detail. Look... 
And also in the press release, that's how it was phrased. That's the other thing. I was being endorsed by ITV press office. Anyway, oh, don't, anyway, don't, listen, don't, listen, listen. Just to say, even. just to say, I really enjoyed it, and pati- particularly on um, the focus on DCI Manning um, and his personal life, played oh, by Daniel Ryan. Who can Ryan. forget DCI Manning? No, he's brilliant. He's so good, and it's anyone who watched last season, James. Well, Dan, Dan Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that's what yes. I said, right? Oh, I, did, I didn't hear you say the actor. Yes, I believe Daniel you said DCI Manning, but I could be wrong. Um, um, yeah, he does do so. <laughs> I didn't. I can't wait for anyone to listen back to this and hear me say Daniel Ryan. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyone who watched last season will have known that, you know, it was he had a ha- terrible time. His marriage disintegrated and it was horrible to watch. So anyway, just seeing him grasp at happiness again is heartwarming. I won't say oh, which way him. it goes. Yes. Um, so love that. Love the bay. And also because of um, the podcast, I have watched... Five episodes of You, which we are talking about in our spoiler special. Yes, indeed. Our You spoiler special, which will be around how, when does this go out? Monday. Actually, go out tomorrow, Tuesday. Mm. Oh, and nice. 11 episodes of Yellow Jackets. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Good work. Hey, did you yeah. storm through the entire first season? Yeah, so since the last podcast, 16 episodes of material have been consumed. Oh, Impressive. Went, actually, no, ignore that. 22 because six of the base. So I have been working hard, guys. Yeah. That is that is, that is is solid work. Because obviously we've been discussing Yellow Jackets. I did say it's something you might enjoy. Now, you sent us uh, a text on the Pilot TV WhatsApp mm. saying, oh, guys, Yellow Jackets is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was something that you hadn't been prepared for. Am I right in saying? Yeah, because... and I, We'll save this for when we talk about Yellow Jackets. But yeah, I was surprised because this isn't by nature a show I would usually watch. And so there were there were times within the first episode where I was like, because you particularly, James, were like, Kate, you should watch this. You're going to really like it. And I was like, oh, I trust James. Well, actually, no, that's wrong. <laughs> no, I don't know why I said that. I, no. you know, he's not a complete moron. So he he knows me. And I was like, mm. and then when all this stuff started happening, I was like, I curse you, James. But you must have enjoyed it because knowing you as I do, I do not believe your work ethic would extend to watching 11 episodes <laughs> of a show you didn't enjoy. So. You were smirching my <laughs> reputation, Dave. Um, no, but it's true. Like, I absolutely just devoured. I just went through the 10 episodes so quickly in two days. And then I watched the the 11th episode, which is obviously the first of the second series. So yeah, you can I can confirm I did enjoy okay. it. But we'll okay, we'll come to that. Mm. We will come to Yellow Jackets later on. Okay, that's exciting. I won't ask you if you've watched anything else, because frankly, you've watched more than enough. Uh, Boydie, can you compete? Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, well, first <laughs> come on, then. Bring it mention- on. No, I haven't watched that many things, actually. I mean, I probably have, but I haven't written them all down. Um, uh, <laughs> what I have watched is The Last of Us, of course, the finale, which I'm sure the is being finale. discussed in the spoiler special I was invited to take part in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. You can hear all about that in the spoiler special last week that Boyd wasn't yeah. a part of. Good, good. <laughs> two spoiler specials I should Two spoiler specials I put up. Two? Yeah. Wow. Us well, chatting and then me chatting to the, the stars and creators. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. I'll be listening to that. Um, no, it was very good. And is that, that's I all you got to say? That's it. It was very good. Well, no, I'm just getting started. Hold oh, on. sorry, I sorry. Mean, I thought you were moving on. Carry on. If I'd been invited to take part in these podcasts, <laughs> then you would have heard my full views. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. you don't. You it know. makes it, gen- yeah. it makes me sad each time you say that. And the thing is, you have mentioned about ninety three okay. times now. So it's like <laughs> don't feel sad. I don't, <laughs> and I'm fine. I'm not bothered. It's fine. Okay. Um. Uh. But it was very good. No, it was excellent, and it was extraordinarily violent wasn't it I, that's what i would say you think um yeah i mean not gory we had that was we had yeah. a whole side discussion didn't we, <laughs> we someone did, asked yes. us on twitter 
whether it was too gory to watch. And it's not so much that. I mean, there are gory moments, which I think people, which you forgot about. But um, <laughs> there are, but in terms of pure, incredible violence, that last, that last act of, the, of that finale. Yeah, there's a body him, count to it, certainly. There's a body count, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, and it's, but it's brilliantly done. In fact, it's brilliantly handled in the sense that you don't necessarily see that much gore um, or whatever, or vivid detail. But what he does is, is quite, a, quite a sequence, yeah. Okay. Um, question: Is it more gory and violent than Gangs of London, which is my no, benchmark? Okay, not even fine. close. Gangs of London is deliberately yeah. sets out to be. I think this is safe to say the goriest TV show ever. Pretty much. Mm. I mean, it's okay. absolutely one of its one of its raison d'être <laughs> is to yeah. is to um, embrace the gore fully. I mean, there's one bit in in season two, wasn't there? Where does a guy get shot in the eye? Do you remember that bit, James? You, you've seen that. I seen didn't the watch all of season two. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a bit where you get shot in the eye, and and they have an effect showing the effect that, the, that such a thing would have on the whole head of this person. So oh, in, in complete, yeah, in vivid detail, you are shown the explosion of this guy's head. I mean, mm. honestly, yeah, it is horrendous. Yeah, because I think like Gangs of London is a horror series masquerading as a crime series. Yeah, whereas yeah. The Last of Us is kind of like a character drama masquerading as a horror series because it's not really, mm. I think, horror. It's all about character. Love the way Kay is nodding, having never watched. Another episode. No, since we're really, oh I yes, was, I loved loved the finales. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> Piss off! I was you were such a shit today. Um, I today, no, just yeah, today. No, pati- no, particularly. He's been very giddy before we started recording. Anyway, I've got yeah. an eye on you. Yeah. I'm keeping an eye on you. Um, no, I was nodding sagely because I thought actually that's a really good explanation of it. It makes me want to watch it more when you said it's character drama because yeah. I was like, oh, it is, okay, it that is makes sense. character led. And we're yeah. not going to say any spoilers here for people who obviously haven't seen it yet and also for Kay because I'm determined to get Kay to watch because I genuinely think you will really enjoy it mm. because it is all about this character journey and it all comes to fruition in the final episode. I have many, many things to say about it. Luckily for you, I've said them all in the spoiler special so you don't have to hear me bang on about it. But there is a, should we say, a moral question in the final episode which proved very divisive upon the game's release in 2013 and i think has been part of the discussion post the final episode as well uh but it's a really interesting one and obviously i got the the showrunners and i got pedro pascal uh, and bella ramsey on on that when we spoke um but yeah it's 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 a hell of a show at the moment my shows of the year list mm. <laughs> that and happy valley are just like leagues ahead of everything else it's just where those two settle at mm. the end of this year that's gonna be the yeah. question yeah, that will be a difficult be between, one. It will be between three shows, those two, and Succession. But thankfully, okay. you don't watch Succession, so you won't be able to get involved in that. <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> Succession. Of course, it will. Of course, it will. Absolute bellend. I'm sure yeah. it'll be in the top twenty somewhere. Oh, do not oh even. My God, yeah. Jesus. Christ. Unforgotten as well. There's loads of great shows so oh, far. Unforgotten anyway. is very good. Yes, yeah. yes, that's true. Anyway, that's true. why are we focusing that on March? Um, I think not. We should just yeah. focus well, on okay. now. Yeah. It's a side issue. Well, let me, I will just say about that moral dilemma, though, which you're right, it is a very interesting moral dilemma. That is that moral dilemma has, and I'm not. This is no way a diss on The Last of Us, but I read some things talking about it as if, like, you know, no show of this genre had ever addressed such. I'm like, come on, it's in like Doctor Who, Star Trek, of you know, course, like but, pretty much every, yeah. yeah you know, I mean, if you, frankly, I honestly, and I think this is absolutely true. If you were to come up with any bit of drama 
it has already been done in either Star Trek or Doctor Who or both, right? Yeah. Like because between them, those two franchises have covered basically everything that could ever happen to anyone ever. Because they are very broad, and we we talked about in terms of what they've 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 done and and the questions they ask and the boundaries they've pushed over the years have actually been incredible. Uh, it's you know small minded people like hey, obviously don't watch these shows, but if they did, then you know of course you would. Uh, <laughs> that don't, look. James, if looks could James, kill, <laughs> don't poke the beast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's it. She's like you've had you. You've had your fun now. Like that's that's all I've four given, lives used up now. Yeah. The next one no, is you, it. You've had two strikes, three you're out. Okay. <laughs> that's it. I'm yeah. done. But mm. my my tuppence halfpenny worth, or whatever the phrase is, your tuppence Middleton worth. Uh, yeah, tuppence Middleton worth. About about that use of that dilemma in The Last of Us in the TV. Though I haven't played the game, obviously, because I don't play games. But um, <laughs> uh, is it wasn't so much the moral dilemma itself that was interesting. It was fine. It was the execution. Yes. Of the, his. His answer to that moral question that was yes. extraordinary, and yeah. that was fantastic. So it, yeah. So it, 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 with due kudos, kudos to everyone involved in that yeah. show because they haven't had enough kudos yet. <laughs> you should um, uh, you should listen to the spoiler special, Boyd. I think you enjoy it. Of course, it. I will. Of course, no, I will. Boyd, don't yeah. listen to it. Don't put no, yourself through I'm not, that. I'm not proud. I'm not proud. I don't need to be in every spoiler mm. special discussion of TV shows. Can I derail this anyway. podcast very quickly and just ask yeah, you something, Boydie? Uh, have you listened to the Empire <gasps> podcast from last week yet? <laughs> of course I have. Oh, I was yeah. going to ask I, I about Did you that. listen to it that. while going to sleep? I did. Literally listen to it while going to sleep. And it, and it worked brilliantly um, <laughs> to the point where I was like, oh, was there a vague, a vague, vague awareness of in the middle of this? There was some mention of me and the, and the what was, what's what it called? ASGR. What's it called? That thing? ASMR. ASMR. Yes. ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> What did you do? What BQDF. did you actually say? We, we waited until halfway through the podcast because I wanted Boyd to be like properly drowsy, like drifting off. And then we started programming him with uh, with subliminal messages. Mm. It was, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. 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 I, bet, I, yeah. Bet, I bet Chris was well on board for that. Yeah, very much so. And he seemed quite on board for it, actually. I thought he seemed, seemed to yeah, enjoy I'm it. Big, yeah, yeah, I was being serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually doing every episode, by the way, obviously. The uh, what we should have we should have read out the uh, the words that they say to the Winter Soldier, you know, to uh, to turn him on, not turn him on literally, not what? not the sexual way, not the sexual way. You know, it's like it's like was it longing, Please rusted, do- furnace, daybreak, seventeen, uh, benign, yeah. nine, homecoming. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, uh, this has gone in Kate a weird direction for about, me. By the way, yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. No. I just and heard finally- subliminal message turn on Boyd, and I was like, no, steady, yeah, and finally, <laughs> freight um, car. Actually, not finally yes. at all. Uh, one of our regular con- uh, uh, listeners and um, uh, correspondents, Annika Ruff on Twitter, asked me specifically whether I'd watched enough of um, Fleischman is in Trouble and whether I got to episode seven, the famed episode seven, which is also a, 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 has its own kind of moral dilemmas in that, or at least very interesting philosophical questions. And um, I have watched it and it was it is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant, that episode. It's, it's a classic episode of TV. Episode of Seven of Fleischman's in Trouble. All I'll say about it, because it's spoiler heavy, is that it's a Claire Danes like masterwork. Ooh, okay. It's a, a masterclass. Yeah. She uh-huh. is incredible. In She's very, episode. very good. Yeah. Um, and it's a really interesting you should definitely watch it, Kate. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely worth catching up with. So absolute shout out to the uh, Annika about Fleischman's of Seven. And finally, Servants, James, I'm not sure if you're aware. The finale, the all absolute finale of finales of Servant was on a Friday on Apple TV Plus, as we're now recording this. Uh, you will be able to listen to it as this goes out on Monday. And I watched the finale and it is, and I absolutely loved it. And I like, I loved the last few episodes of, I think Servant is the most underrated thing on TV pretty much. 
Um, I think it's M. Night Sh- Shyamalan's absolute true masterpiece. I think it's better than any of his films, possibly <laughs> excluding maybe like the first two films. But it's definitely better than like his last five or six films. Fair. Um, fair, <laughs> it's hard exactly. to argue with you. <laughs> have you kept up with? Have you watched? Have you watched this final? I season? haven't. No, I finished the whole of right. season one, and I think I stopped midway through season two. So I'm I'm oh, quite far behind. Twats. You should, we need to carry on. It, <laughs> yes. Oh, it, twats. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, fair enough. Very Roy Walker, say what you see. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but this final season has been fantastic. Uh, it has, it's, it's really – so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a brilliant kind of horror, thriller, conspiracy, um, cult, religious festival – of kind of weird, bizarre, perverse treats, and it really and it really pulls off. I think uh, it's one of those shows where you're thinking it's such a great idea. Um, basically, you know, the whole idea is that this woman has a tragic loss of her baby boy, and they deal with that by uh, giving her a fake doll, one of these incredibly realistic dolls, and then this nanny comes into their lives, bringing in an actual baby um, to take the place of this baby that died and the way that plays out and then it involves she's part of this massive cult religion that's really weird and creepy and horrible and then it just goes it gets it's quite mad in various points but this final season's had so much going on it's been brilliant to watch and i thought they did a really good job with the finale so um servant should be much more talked about how much of it did they have planned out when they did the first season do you know uh, I think they had quite a lot of it planned out um, because I remember M. Night Shyamalan said they planned on doing like 50 episodes. In the end, they did 40, four, four seasons. Mm. Um, so I think they kind of abridged it quite rightly. I think it could, it, it would have been milking it. But I think they had quite a lot of it planned out. Yeah, I'm not sure if they had the whole thing, but I think certainly the cult, the, the, um, the pivot to the cult element of it, which happens at the end of that first season, I think was a big thing that they planned on bringing in. Yeah. Interesting. I do. I, mm. I've said this. I was saying this to someone the other day. Like we were talking about. Like what they were like. Well, you know, I need a streaming service. Watch the. I was like, get Apple. I'm telling you, not enough people. Yeah. Like all this good stuff on Apple. Like if I if there were any one streaming service that I wanted to just like mm. subscribe to you for the summer and just binge it on, I would just go through everything on Apple. Just because there's so much amazing stuff. Remember defending Jacob. I know we do this every few episodes. We'll <laughs> go through raptures of all the Apple shows, but so much yes. great stuff is on there. I get so excited mm. about it. Uh, Apple are not paying me to say that. In don't lie he's got an apple tattoo that's it yeah well, this is the, this, my whole back like alan partridge style it's just a big <laughs> apple logo <laughs> yeah they're definitely not paying me after the extrapolations review no absolutely not i was gonna yeah. say yeah. speaking of which it's time to have david diggs no no it's right we'll have david on a little bit later we get a little bit distance from boyd we can't have the two of them in the same room uh no i uh yeah it's it's exciting obviously nothing on apple uh can hold a candle to my beloved c uh-huh. but there's other good stuff on there as well um, I don't know. I shared with Stephen Knight this week. I don't know. I shared with Stephen Knight oh, this you? week. Yeah, the great was this the great expectations? Launch. Yeah, ah, yeah. Very nice. Did you host a Q and A? Hosted the Q and A exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you've interviewed him quite a few times, haven't you? About I have. About it was his 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 process for writing is very much just make shit up as he goes along. It, is it doesn't really entirely. work when he's adapting Dickens. So <laughs> well, I'll be curious now well, how we'll he did that. About, uh, uh, I'll tell you more about that later when we when we review okay. Uh, okay, great expectations. Just something, something I, will, forward I will look to. forward to yeah. it with <laughs> great expectation. <laughs> Let him wait. <laughs> um, okay, well, fine. I'm going to go straight into shilling for Apple uh, again by saying that I finished the first season of For All Mankind last night. Uh, oh, near feature length hour and 15 minute finale to the first season a lot's going on on the moon that's a shit is getting real on the moon at this point that's what i'm gonna say uh yeah 
I'm 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 getting on with it. Someone did say to me on Twitter that the formula for 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 all mankind is like five or six episodes of slightly dry, slow-paced period soap opera, followed by it all kicking off in space. So now <laughs> now I'm now I'm now I have that in my head now. I'm watching it. That may or may not be true. We're gonna find out. But he said every season is just that. And then it all kicks off in the last few episodes. So we'll um, that is fair. We'll see. That is fair. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'd say the the Mars season, which was the last season, wasn't it? I think um, it's all a blur to me. Um, that that has big space stuff going on right at the beginning. Oh, good. <laughs> so good. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm in with the characters. Like I like I'm I am on board with all the characters. I'm very much enjoying all the space carnage as well. It's great. I'm I'm liking it a lot. So yes, very much enjoying for all mankind. Ted Lasso. I've ploughed through the first four episodes now. It's made available to me, and I'm enjoying it lots. It's still walking that bittersweet line between comedy and drama. But it's it's sort of some episodes it veers more into comedy, get a little bit of pathos here. I'm enjoying the Nate the Great storyline. Obviously, no spoilers here. Won't be talking about that. But yeah, it remains. We can no longer call him Nate the Great, I'm afraid. We can't. Can we call him the Wonder Kid? (laughs) He's gone to Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate. Okay, not Nate the Great. Nasty Nate. Uh, Yeah, it is is good. But it, it is interesting how... Well, I was listening to the interviews that we did uh, last week where Brett Goldstein was talking about how they wrote season two of Ted Lasso before season one had aired. And that totally changed the way I thought about the show because I always thought season two, because it, it felt like a very different headspace. So I wonder whether, you know, they could have had no idea that season one would have become this touchstone for everyone during lockdown. And everyone saw it as this, this, this pure, pure sort of, unsullied source of joy and hope through this very bleak period and then they hit us with this slightly downbeat and depressive second season um i thought it was really funny i thought well, it was I an interesting wrinkle in a way it's probably good to do i mean do you, we might have got a bit bored of it being so upbeat and you know i think i think it was right to <laughs> no but it's true isn't it like i think i can guarantee if it went on for three seasons like that you'd be like mm, yeah i'm kind of like you know same same too positive yeah. Yeah, it's it's it. I I like that Ted remains, you know, at, at his very core, still the same person. It's yeah. just that I think the cracks are showing because he's always had that kind of neuroses and the drama of his life. I mean, the whole setup of the show is he's come to the UK to get away from his marriage, which is falling apart. Um, so it's always kind of been there, but it's definitely come closer, closer yeah, to the fore as the show's gone. And there had on. to be some depth to him as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. they had yeah. to explore that. But as you've said, his son in the show can jump in the sea. So. See what I mean, right? And that was just based on that first episode of the new series. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's so irritating. And especially when you compare him to um, Roy's niece, who's yes. fantastic. Who is great. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so I've watched more, more, uh, more Ted. Uh, and also another Apple show has got screeners available. I'm not going to say what it no, is. Anyone on. who listens to me bang on about stuff on this podcast can probably guess. But something exciting has got screeners on the Apple portal, which <laughs> oh. I plan to avail myself of upon the weekend. Do you know what's oh, hilarious? I know what is that that is. That I, I, I'm supposedly, Boyd and I are supposedly meant to listen during the podcast, but clearly we don't because I'm clueless as to what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you didn't listen. We know you didn't listen to it at all for like, the first time. Oh, I like, thought he meant this this since like no, this no, year. No, oh, yeah, no, this like, year. Like, oh, yeah, I've been talking no. about it. I think I might have yeah. talked about it last week or the week Go before. Go on then, Boyd. Yes. What's he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, wait a minute. Is it science fiction? Uh, it is, in fact, Sheep Boyd, the uh, famous sheep show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Fine. Um, wool. Wool, wool, yeah. Wool. Wool's, not on, wool's not on Apple. Wool's on something else, isn't it? No. Uh, oh. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, also, also, I've got screeners for The Power, which I really want to watch this weekend, oh, which yeah. we'll be reviewing on next oh, week's show. Oh, I've watched some of that already. 
Yeah, so I haven't watched any of that yet, I've, but they've, I've they've watched, provided I've been new to that. I've watched the first episode. You have? So well, you I'm, I'm interviewing Tony Collette and John Leguizamo yeah. for that on Monday. So. Oh, consider yourself <laughs> Trump, Boyd. There you go. And I think that is about it from me. So that's what we've been watching. Shall we move on to a listener question? And uh, the listener question we chose today elicited the following response from Kay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Listen. make of that what you will. <laughs> oh my God, I can't. Shall I tell you what? There should be some confidentiality clause about the WhatsApp group. And can I just say to the person, because you're now obviously going to read out the question. It wasn't that... Let, let me give context. Let me let, go on. Right, I'm going to give the WhatsApp get the WhatsApp up because right, James did a screenshot of the question and then said question mark question mark and I went um dot 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 no like question mark because I meaning I didn't have an answer for it so it wasn't I, I did it wasn't that I didn't like it it's just I'm not very filmy and I couldn't think of an answer so but we're going with it and it was a good question so yeah this comes from Paul McGinley someone who Kay hates and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't try and get it's unclear why. Sorry, Paul. I'm like, all I can do is apologise for that. Paul, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Paul, the hated man, says, <laughs> Hi, question for the postbag. As Willow, sorry, poor Willow, uh, rest in peace, White Men Can't Jump, Interview the Vampire, It and Grease have all been mentioned TV shows. Is there any other movie you would like to see get the peak TV treatment? I'm thinking The Running Man, Boys in the Hood, Predator, Police Academy, Time Cop, an interesting mix there. It's a good question. I would say saying that It has received the TV treatment feels like a little bit of an inversion because obviously It was on TV before it was a film and obviously a book before both. But um, but that that one aside, it, it depends, I but guess, on what making, you... Aren't- Aren't they making yes, a spin-off? Yes, yes, right. That's are. what he's referring it's, to. It's so gone TV that. film, then TV again. Yes. But yeah, I'm right. saying it, Bellet. yes. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boys, you go. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's me that hates Paul. It's hard to say. I think it's uh, you. I think it's you. The Paul hater. <laughs> uh, I am the Paul hater, yes. Um, so, so, but the, it basically depends, Kay, just to, 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 to assist with this. Mm. It's what, what you want from a TV show versus what you want from a film, right? So I always think things with like an interesting bit of world building mythology. I know how you do love your world building mythology. Uh, like, mm. so something like John Wick, like that's getting the TV spin-off, that makes total sense because there's a lot of mythology to sift through that you can build out upon to tell a larger story on a bigger canvas. That makes sense to me. Like It lends itself, perhaps, to long-form storytelling. That's if they go down a more narrative route because if you've seen the most recent John Wick, it isn't exactly full of story, though it is full of spectacle. And I think that kind of spectacle maybe wouldn't work as well if that was all the TV show was. But um, but you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Harry Potter. Controversial <laughs> subject matter. I know people mm. don't like Harry Potter mm. so much anymore, but, but I'm using it as an example because for me it's fantasy, right? So fantasy stuff I just don't think works as films. I think it always works better as a TV show because you need time to tell these big stories. The films did quite well, though, didn't they, to be fair? I mean, so I've heard. So I've heard. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do it, aren't they? I mean, it's only a matter of time before the Harry Potter TV series, surely. I guess, and it, I think it will be, it will be more spun off from the play, won't it? I think probably when when he's a bit older. Well, what the curse of child? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the interesting question. It's like whether because I always assumed that that would get made into uh, like a film at some point. Mm. Uh, now I'm actually thinking it probably won't because I don't imagine that the film cast would come back to do it. So maybe it will eventually spin off from whatever TV thing they ultimately do with it. Who knows? But they can recast it. All right. They could recast it. They could recast it. Yeah. Yes, and in yeah. fact, may well have to. <laughs> so, um, but things like that. So for me, it is always things like that. It's big, big mm. thing, big stories that have been crunched down for the screen, which should be uncrunched. Obviously, I don't haven't gone down that route at all. 
But I've gone down the route of, I, do you know, I literally looked at some, I was thinking one of my favorite films of all time and which of them would, I wouldn't be too annoyed about if they tried to make a TV spin-off series on. And I've come up with Midnight Run. Midnight Run, one of the greatest films of all time with Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro. I'm surprised it hasn't been turned into and I think there was talk of it at one point there were three Mm. terrible made for TV sequels to it by the way I think in the the 90s but they're not even worth thinking about and obviously Charles Grodin is no longer with us sadly Um, and and that film is built around the unique chemistry between the two of them and it is a brilliant script superbly directed it's just a perfect film really but I still think it would be worth giving it a go getting two getting two brilliant people to play those roles and or you know the or to kind of spin off the whole idea of a bounty hunter bonding reluctantly with his the person he has to um, take across the country Um, so yeah I'd be fully in favour of I'd be interested to see a Midnight Run spin off Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I want to know what happens to the uh, guy, Richard Dreyfuss, who goes up in the spaceship uh, with all the little aliens. And I think there should be a a spin-off of that. I think there should be a TV series. Um, Again, I'm surprised there hasn't been, honestly, of like, because it's such a like, what happens now? What happens, you know, to this guy who's going to end up in this big spaceship with all these aliens and taken to wherever they come from? And you're like, you know, there's so many questions and, you know, things that you want to know about that situation. So yeah. I want to see the Close Encounters TV show. And I think they could do, uh, I think, I was thinking of the best films recently, Tar, the Kate Blanchett um, uh, film that did that she did not win the Oscar for extraordinarily in the no, end. Even though she, she did was, not. Yeah, she was it looked like a sure thing all the way through until the final couple of weeks. I think I'd love to see a Tar TV show, just like her getting up, to, getting into trouble every week in a different way, like, <laughs> like a procedural, a, a conducting yeah, procedural. procedural. Yeah, yeah. Tar Tar does weird stuff and gets in trouble <laughs> week in week out. That's what I'd like to see. There you go. I'm sure Kate Blanchett will be up for it. <laughs> I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. I, you know, I think I think like books generally, like pick any book adaptation that has gone to a film, and I'd be almost almost just by default interested to see a TV. So, so Hunger Games, for example, like what would the Hunger Games series look like? I think that would be an interesting one. Um, even The Godfather, right? And I don't mean like you know the offer, like not that kind of thing, but literally a complete retelling of The Godfather. It's difficult because the film is so iconic and so brilliant. You almost think, well, you'd end up making something inferior almost by default. But again, I'd quite like to spend time in that world and see what they could do with a proper long form story. I, I yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see that. I really would. Again, I th- I'm sure there was talk of it at one point, but um, I don't know what happened. Yeah, there might well have been. Yes, there might. Yeah, and I think Francis Ford Coppola he did a kind of mate for TV re-edit, didn't he? Of it. I mean, he's edited, yeah, he edited, the, the less said yeah. about that, the better. But yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yes, I know. yes, yeah. that is very true. I choose not to recognise that that exists. Fair enough. Yeah, fair, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a bit. So- I was quiet then because I was just hastily googling, um, and I can't. I'm. It's a talk around. Is what I'm saying. Okay. First okay. of all, right. Go for it. Honestly, there aren't any films that I would like to make into a series. It is the short answer, but in the spirit of willing, A Room with a View. I'd like that as okay. a period drama series. I'd quite, I'd think that would be good. And I can imagine watching that on a Sunday night. Um, and then this answer is a bit left field because it's not a film. It's a book. But I'd like to see Richard Od- Osman's Thursday Murder Club made into a TV series as well. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it almost certainly has been optioned, right? Yeah, must. Yeah, it's I must mean, undoubtedly, yeah. yeah. But I just think that would be great as well. So they're, they're two um, shows that I'd like to see. 
Yeah, no, I think, I think good shouts. But like, you know how like I, I we're going to get the second season of Jack Reacher before too long. I love or Jack Reacher? Is it, is it called Jack Reacher or could it's called Reacher? I can't even remember. Uh, either way, uh, I, I really like that. And again, that was one of those things Reacher. where. Well, either way, like that one. Either way, uh, I thought that was so much. You know, I enjoyed that a lot more than I enjoyed the films. And even though the first, the first Jack Reacher film is is great, like it's nothing wrong with that at all. The second one I don't like as much, but uh, but but it works so much better in a serious format again because you give the story room to breathe. You know, I keep banging this drum endlessly, but I do I do stand by that. I think I think they work so much better when you don't have to sort of like carve off bits of the narrative. I mean, we're going to get onto in Pilot Plus this week whether or not some books do work as serious or not but there's a bit of a spoiler for thursday's show uh we'll get onto that a little bit later on as well but um i don't know that's my whole thing pick a book that's my answer to this question is pick any book and it's made into film and make it into a series there you go with the possible exception of Aragon. anyway uh that is kind of a question paul obviously we all hate you by this point but uh if anyone other than paul who is now banned uh if anyone wants to send in a question to send them to us poor paul uh if you, if you want to send us a question do send them to us via dm on twitter or instagram at pilot tv pod or to me on instagram at james c dyer and the famous triage system will see it possibly surface or possibly not Okay, it is time for this week's guest. And David Diggs, who is arguably the very best thing in the original Hamilton cast, and lest we forget, star of the currently in limbo Snowpiercer series, which may or may not see the light in terms of its final season. Uh, however, he is back on our screens at the moment in Apple's Extrapolations, and James White met up with him the other week to talk all about it. We are delighted to be joined on the Pilot TV podcast today by the one and only David Diggs. Uh, David, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? I am very good. Very good. I'm excited to talk to you about Extrapolations, uh, which is a very, I would say, fun show, but also <laughs> kind of thoughtful and a little worrying, some terrifying <laughs> in places because of <laughs> the truth it sort of it spreads. I did want to ask you just first off, how is it playing Rabbi Z? Uh, given your your family background, how is it playing a rabbi, and is your mom happy? Yeah, yeah mom's mom's was was uh, was was very amused that that uh, that we took this turn. Um, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, it was fun. I really like this guy. You know, I really am mm. a am a am a big fan of of Rabbi Z. He. Um, yeah, you know, we get to meet him at a couple of points in his life, and I think uh, he, uh, the place he gets to is a really familiar one of like just kind of being in your job and kind of having forgotten why you did it in the first place, you know. Um, so it's just a pretty relatable thing that I think everybody goes through at some point. And then his questions that he happens to answer because he's a faith, faith leader, his, the questions he ends up having to ask himself are about these big questions of faith and what, what it means and what, <laughs> what it, what God is and what the responsibility of us is, <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, it was a really interesting part. And, and I just, I just like him. I think he's, he's a he's a fun guy <laughs> he, he is he is and he's also fascinating because he's 
sort of wrestling with different issues at different times, as you said, it takes place. I think it's is it like ten? There is a time period jump. It's it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. ten years, something like that. Like ten, ten or eleven years, yeah. Like yeah, and he's basically wrestling. At certain points, he's wrestling with the idea of privilege because his father keeps trying to set him up these opportunities, and he's sort of resisting that and saying, "I want to make my own way. These people need me. I can't just yeah. abandon people." And then at the same time, later on, he's also sort of wrestling with ethics because he's having to try and make a decision to help his synagogue to help his his congregation to help the people that he he's basically representing but it might mean sort of doing something that's not necessarily completely ethically sound yeah yeah exactly and he's and he's also like even in the more personal sense like messed up because of an un you know because of it unfinished or unresolved discussions with his father and like having a complication relationship with his father who's dead and he's helping mentor a young woman who is also like in a complicated relationship with her father like it's a it's a it's a really uh <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of real human stuff going on there yeah. <laughs> um what's the idea of sort of climate change and the environment and something that you would think about before you got the part or did it did it really make you think about it even more deeply once you sort of got the role and started talking to scott the producer and people like that yeah both are true i mean yeah it's certainly an issue that i think about and and care about and have you know it's it's unavoidable you live in california and like you're sort of uh, confronted with the the fact of of climate change every day Scott and the whole team is so well informed. There's so much research that's gone into this piece also. So you can't help but learn more, become more passionate about it, want to do more, be terrified and frustrated also, but be much more aware, I would say. There's also one other thing about it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there is a scene towards the end of your episode, the second episode that you're in, where we get to see your musical talents on display. And <laughs> I, I was kind of wondering if you if you got to that part of the script and you went, Oh, hang on. Yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is this is where you're getting me to do this. This is you want me, you want me singing, dancing again. What I, what I can't I can't actually remember if it was in the script when they first sent it to me, you know. Oh. So it might have actually come about a little bit later. But uh, but you know, and normally I do avoid things like that, actually. But mm-hmm. it was so I thought it was so well placed in this episode. I thought like, yeah, this moment of sort of joy that gets interrupted by you know, without giving too much away, like you know that mm-hmm. that like comes crashing back into reality was actually a really good idea. I just think the writing on this show is so good. And so even that, when it, when it got added to it, I was like, yeah, that is, that's justified. It's cool. There's also like, yeah, I hope it looks good. There are some, there are some truly disastrous takes of that. Maybe I'll release one of them at some point. Like some very, (laughs) there is a solid blooper reel of shooting that, that moment that where I am, the least graceful human you have ever seen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Turns out dancing on water is not, I'm not good at it. (laughs) Obviously it takes a very sort of factual approach to, you know, the future of ecological change, the future of frankly, ecological disaster, but also, you know, there's going to be a sci-fi element to it because it imagines how the future might look under those Mm -hmm. circumstances, how fashions look, how technology looks, everything like that. I know you're a, you're something of a sci-fi fan yourself. So was that also exciting to you, even after you've done something like Snowpiercer to sort of embrace this sci-fi future? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. I'm like a genre guy in general. But yeah, I love science fiction. And and this one being as particularly informed as it is. And so making these kind of logical jumps, these extrapolations from like, uh, yeah, from from real practical science that like the most current climate science we have was really exciting. I think, yeah, added to the sort of terror of it. Again, it's it's all very well done. It all, I think, feels Mm -hmm like the best of like the best of science fiction does these very personal stories where we just get to see people living and it's the it's the stakes of the world that make it exciting or that make it scary or that make it feel disastrous to us but like these are personal dramas you know (laughs) it's the kind of stuff we love to watch i did want to ask you you're someone who has created an awful lot of things you've created music and you're a, a writer creator on on blind spotting you know based on the movie does being sort of a writer creator on a tv show give you a different perspective and just acting in someone else's tv show does that change how you see the roles or how you see the sort of creative life on that show oh man yeah that's a good question i mean i think it makes me a lot more empathetic towards editors uh <laughs> it, yeah and and writers honestly it's just such a tv tv in particular like film too but tv is really really hard it is so many moving pieces it takes so many people and so being on the like pro- producing end of it is just uh i was always kind of aware of this but i don't it it takes so many people to make something that even gets close to being good. It's a miracle we like anything that's ever been on television to me because it's so hard to do. And being an actor is a relatively small part of that that gets a ton of attention. But like it is actually so much other stuff needs to happen for your performance to be even worth watching, you know? So I, I it, it's made me even more just a, a, aware of that and much more concerned about when I'm on sets about like how everybody's day is going, you know, it's like really easy to get bogged down in like your own personal frustrations that again, like amount to a really very small part of this, of this bigger picture. So like, I try to, when I'm on sets these days, be much more concerned like, are we having a good time? Can we tell some jokes? Like what's the like vibe for me? Cause they're all going to make the thing. Like I just, I'm basically there to say some words. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Do you have plans to do, do more in the in the realm of TV to sort of create different shows to do different stuff. Is that still in the works for you? Yeah, yeah. We're taking some new stuff out soon, and um, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some exciting stuff that I I'm getting to be more behind the scenes are and and in a creative capacity on that I'm I'm yeah very excited about it's it is like kind of the newer thing in my arsenal and I'm yeah it's Mm. interesting it's a very steep learning curve but (laughs) I bet I'm excited I absolutely bet Uh, and often you you know you'll do you've done a lot of projects where it's you working with friends and colleagues who you've worked for for a while or you've known for Mm -hmm. a while before working together when you're working on something more like extrapolations does that does that then also change slightly how it works is it feel like you've got to make friends on set like you're saying making sure everybody <laughs> has a good time on set is it more sort of making friends on set meeting new collaborators that sort of deal 
Yeah, a little bit. It, it turns out like the bigger part of the research I seem to do when I'm when I'm looking to work on a project, or when I get sent something is like ask around and be like, hey, what kind of person is this? Do, do you like like if I know anybody who's worked with them before, like how was it? Was it cool? Was it fun? Uh, yeah. You know, there are a lot of talented people, um, but they're like are not it. That is it's a whole different thing to spend that kind of time around people and to do that kind of intense work around people. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm trying to figure out to the best of my ability, like, is this someone I'm going to want to hang out with, you know? So I love, I love meeting new people. And yeah, Scott, obviously is just like a great person. Like he's such a great guy. Yeah. After one meeting, it was like, yes, of course, of course I want to do this. And then like, you start to see the cast that's coming together and like, get, I got to spend days with Leslie Uggams. What are you talking about? Like, that's amazing. She's <laughs> such a good person. Peter Rieger, like these guys, these people who I admire and look up to who are also just really genuinely great people. So mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, yeah, those are the the parts of it for us is just the experience, right? I I have a hard time watching myself. This is questionable. <laughs> I watch this because I think it's it's very cool, but like, it's always questionable whether or not I'll even see the thing I I did. But so all I have is yeah. the experience making it. So I try to protect that. Do you have trouble watching yourself on screen? Do you sit there and go, oh, I could have done that differently. Oh, I should have done this. I could have done that in some other it's way. It's not even, I don't even have <laughs> ideas for what I should have done. It's just like, I'm never sure why anybody put me in the thing. <laughs> like, oh, what a mess. Like, yeah. <laughs> Talking of your other, your other show about the dystopian future where the environment is being completely wrecked, uh, which seems to be a thing at the moment with you, um, is uh, Snowpiercer obviously is coming to an end this year. Uh, do you have that traditional sort of actually mixed feelings about it in one way you would have missed working with the people, but at the same time, I know it was a big commitment and it was, you know, months away from home, everything like that. Was it, is it sort of that, are you in that stage right now thinking it's over, but you know. Yeah, that's definitely, I'm I'm very happy to sort of have that time to, to try other things. You know, I was essentially acting in one part a year or two if I was lucky. And like now I get to, I'm a little more free to move around, try a bunch of things. I'm trying to take advantage of that. But yeah, the people, yeah. that cast was actually exceptionally close. I don't know mm-hmm. like how, how many people know that, but we are, so I see them all the time. I just saw, I saw Mickey this morning for breakfast. Like I said, you know, like we mm-hmm. really do keep in contact. I was at Roberto just got married not long ago. Like <laughs> almost all of us went to his wedding. Like it, wow. it's a very close knit cast yeah um so yeah. yeah we're it is that i'm that's the the best thing that came out of that experience for me well my my final question would be i know in uh, at least one previous interview you have sort of manifested an idea of stuff you were saying like oh put me in a big superhero blockbuster i want to fight some monster who's basically on green screen and <laughs> since that interview i know you voiced cyborg in uh super pets and you've <laughs> yeah. also you're also part of the voice cast of uh moon girl and devil dinosaur so is there anything you want to manifest going forward from this interview that you'd like to be doing next that maybe the universe can answer for you dang that's really good but i should i should have had that prepped yeah i don't know i don't know i'm trying i'm trying to live this life like you said where i'm getting to play a bunch of different parts and i want to do like yeah exist in a bunch of different kinds of film work because i that's a that's sort of the area I've done the least in too. So I'm trying to, yeah, just do a bunch of different weird stuff and keep keep learning and keep being being pushed and made uncomfortable. 
<laughs> so final question related to that half of you know half of team hamilton has basically gone into the mcu uh, tony tony ramos is in is in uh, ironheart coming up and everything like that so you haven't dropped any phone calls being like hey man could you put a word in you know could you drop a word into feige get me in there <laughs> Nah, man. They're, you know they know what they're doing over there. They make great stuff. Like <laughs> and like, and they come to so many people that you know. Chanaka Hodge is one of my oldest friends, and she wrote mm-hmm. Ironheart. And like, so yeah. I, yeah, they, I, I, if if they have something for me, if they think I'm right, they'll let me know, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll happily do it. I, I, I enjoy that the world they're right. creating a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I'll keep our fingers crossed for you, uh, David Diggs. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, sir. Right. It's time for news. It's time for news. Shall we have news? Let's have yes. some news. And I saw now. Kay just pulled the face. Now, if I were to I- I- interpret that face, I would interpret that as the <laughs> the face of "Oh shit, I forgot about news." I should probably Google TV news immediately. Face does that no. does that sum that up nicely? Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. Yes, that is true. But what happened was early. I always like to look for news at the beginning of the week, and then I add to it. So I did, and there was no news that I considered to be newsworthy. And so I thought, right, okay, I'll do it closer to the day. And then I just totally forgot. So when you said that, I was like, oh god. So I am in gonna- a similar to way that. The- there are no films you consider worthy of being made into TV shows. Yes, yeah. Boyd, exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I'm yeah. going to let Boyd wang on, and then I'm going to look at, uh, look in the background. Wang on, <laughs> wang on, and then I'm going to I'm going to look in the background. Carry on. You just take your sweet old time to. Yeah, you know, I'll wang on a bit just to help you out. Talking of films adapted to TV series, James and Kay. Yeah, Blade Runner 2099. Yes, is being firmed up. The series is going to be directed by Game of Thrones' Jeremy Podeswa, mm. if that's how you pronounce his name. It's an Amazon Prime video upcoming limited series. Uh, we know that he, by the way, he directed um, Station Eleven, um, as well as uh, various episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, it's executively produced by Silka Louisa of Shining Girls fame, the excellent Shining yes. Girls. Ridley Scott is exec producing as well. And among the writers is Tom Speziali, with a brilliant name, who worked on The Leftovers. So all of the credentials for this show are very good. We just have to um, wait and see what the Blade Runner TV series is going to be like. I just think as long as you keep it in a future noiry vibe and you have that kind of neon-soaked land, I'm going to love it. Kay's going to hate it. It's going to be fabulous. I can't wait. Yeah, and the thing is, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, for a, for a Blade Runner TV series to happen now because you've got the technology now for it not to be too expensive to recreate the visual, the incredible lush visuals of both films, yeah. really, haven't you? So they could do it, and it's not going to be, you know, feasibly do it with a big enough budget that it won't look shit, basically, is my thing, because the look and the feel of Blade Runner is, is the thing that makes it so absolutely special. A friend of mine went to the – they yeah. showed it at IMAX, at the IMAX at the weekend, uh, last weekend, I think, and was saying it's astonishing to see an IMAX. I really want to see it in IMAX because it is one of my favourite films. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what the TV series is going to be like. Same. And there's another TV series that's getting a film treatment. Do you know about this one, James? I don't know. It depends what it is. I know. <laughs> well, can you guess? <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'll, give you, I'll give you a clue. No, I won't. I'll just tell you. Gattaca. <laughs> Oh, Gattaca. Yes. Andrew Nichols, Gattaca. I love that film. Yes. See, me too. The excellent Andrew Nichol, 1997 science fiction, brainy science fiction film, Gattaca. That would have been an excellent answer to the hated Paul's question. (laughs) It would. But now it's happening. So, yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman starred in. I think it's it's where Ethan and Uma met, I guess, and formed their fabulous 
relationship. I mean, fabulous might be a stretch given how it ended, but carry on. <laughs> but they're, they're, all right, but they're producer, fantastically talented yes. um, actress, That's daughter, true. at least. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, that is happening. So um, this is going to be um, from the people who made Homeland. Um, it's going to be on Showtime. It's going to be a Showtime series. And yeah, I mean, that makes sense. After all, what we were talking about, what, but what films you'd like to see made as TV series, I think that meets the requirements for quite an interesting um, TV show because that had quite complicated, I seem to remember, kind of mythology going on, didn't it? How that whole world worked in that period. That's yeah, where the it was all set. eugenics, essentially the whole yeah. thing. And they called them, was it like the love child? If if you were born without genetic tampering, you were seen as a freak, yeah. essentially, as exactly. Ethan Hawke's character is. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's very very good. Set in the future, K, you'd hate it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's no, it's really really good, really good film. Yeah, I have found some news. Oh, oh well. go on, hit okay. me. Okay, right. I, although now, because I was concentrating on this, I don't know if boys just said it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you going to say? So apparently, Kate, Kate's going to say, "Well, Gattaca is going to be in a TV yeah. show. It's extraordinary." Erin <laughs> Doherty, who played uh, Princess Anne in The uh, Crown, has apparently joined A Thousand Blows on Disney Plus. Have you just talked about this? No. Good. See, you totally could have persuaded her that you had Boydie if you tried. Yeah. I know. No. Well, anyway, Damn. this 12-part series apparently is set in the perilous world of illegal boxing in 1880s Victorian London. And was this the reason why I thought you'd mentioned it, because I heard you talk about Stephen Knight earlier. Oh, it's a Stephen Knight project. Yes, yeah. and was yeah. created and written yes. by Stephen Knight and exec produced by the legend that is Stephen Graham, who also yeah. stars. So I'm excited about that. I got a press release about this today. Mm. It's exciting. Well, anything with Stephen Graham in is worth watching, and anything yeah, exactly. written by Stephen Knight is worth watching. So this is doubly worth watching. The dream team. Yeah, absolutely. That. Speaking of which, you know the Russo brothers' Citadel has been renewed for season two before it's even been aired. It is the anti Willow, if you will. <laughs> is that the one that's Priyanka Chopra? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, but I'm excited about that. I think Citadel looks quite uh, quite bold and audacious, and all of the and lavish and all of these other adjectives <laughs> looks, that we enjoy so much. It looks very you. Yeah, it does yeah. look very me. Well, not Globalist. you in a capital Y O U. Hello, you. <laughs> no glass boxes involved. No, 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 no perspex <laughs> cases to keep people in. No. Uh, or I mean, to the best of our knowledge, we've not seen it yet. Maybe mm. it does. Mm. Yeah, I'd say. Sure. Uh, speaking of a glass case of emotion, best friends Matthew <laughs> McConaughey and Woody Harrelson <laughs> are going to be back together again. Again, not for another season of True Detective, but for a new Apple show where they'll be playing themselves. Hmm. Yes, I like this idea. Yeah. Um, built up based on their actual relationship friendship because they are best friends IRL. And um I love I mean I love both of them. Woody Harrison's gone a bit conspiracy theorist recently, hasn't he? I think, in um in the real world. I think he's gone down that route slightly, as well as being a massive pothead, which is, you know, probably in the way. <laughs> it's a winning combo, some would say. It's possibly a winning combo. But um, yeah, that would be very watchable, I'm sure. Yeah, It's also created by the guy who, David West Reed, who created oh. the Big Door Prize, which we may or may not be reviewing next week. And also yeah. who helped write um, Shit's Creek, I believe. He worked on it. He did. He did. He was a Shit's Creek. A Shit's Creeker. Yeah. Mm. Correct. Have you heard that Netflix might be doing a US remake of Squid Game. And not no. the reality Squid Game where everyone got cold in a hangar no. in the north of England, but actual yeah. Squid Game. Like, obviously, no, in English language, American, Hollywoodized oh, Squid what Game. What a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Mm. It, do- it does seem somewhat unnecessary, but... Uh, I mean, it was a massive it, hit anyway. Like, yeah, globally. it was. Like, you know. I guess they want to make yeah. it more of a hit by having it in English. Just spend money on new stuff, please. Yeah. 
I mean, Kay, as our foreign language correspondent, <laughs> frankly, you've been quite lax as our foreign language correspondent <laughs> since since anointing yourself the foreign language correspondent. You have you have gone to bat for precisely zero foreign language shows. No, I explained that on the last pod. And have you considered becoming an MP? <laughs> Fuck you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. I cannot be more clear. Fuck off. No. Um, <laughs> I um, no. I explained it on the last pod, and that lovely person got in touch and said thanks for like keeping me up to date. And I'm sorry. I was watching like 22 other show episodes this week, so I haven't been able to, but it is at the forefront of my mind, I promise. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> un- I am pleased. He is unbearable today, boys. <laughs> I am. I'm oh, on a roll yeah. today. Uh, mm. Sweet Tooth is getting a... Well, we knew Sweet Tooth was getting a second season, but there have been some set pictures from Sweet Tooth. But all that really does is underscore the fact that Sweet Tooth has a second season, showing that Netflix really are just so wildly inconsistent <laughs> about what they do and don't renew. I don't fully understand it. But here we are. We live in this world. Uh, yeah. What, what? Remind me what Sweet Tooth was again? It's the one with the kid with antlers. Oh yeah! Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god! That was like right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not saying it's terrible or anything. I'm just saying no. Netflix have had better shows that they have mm. killed, as in fact yes. have Disney. Uh, yes. And, and and there we are. Talking of Netflix shows, did you know? I was reading the story about. If, did we cover the general or take a slugging off our own program story? Did I mention Ooh. this last no, week? No, I don't didn't. think you did. No. Oh, okay. She's done a couple of interviews about uh, recently. She's in Scream. V1 or six, yes. or whatever you want to call it. And she talked about she's in Wednesday, obviously, she's the main star of Wednesday. Which did you know that Wednesday is the second most watched English language series of all time on Netflix? Oh, wow, really? Yeah, my yeah. do you know what? My Incredible. niece loves that and she's trying to convince me to watch right. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. this would be partly why because it's got a very broad demographic. Mm. Yeah, second only to Stranger Things, right? And anyway, she did, she did an interview a couple of weeks ago in which she basically slagged off the writers massively. Um, it was on, no, it was on a podcast. It was on the Armchair Expert podcast. And she said that she opposed a lot of Wednesday's dialogue, changed her lines of set without telling the writers she was going to. Mm. And she said, I don't think I've ever had to put my foot down more on a set in a way I, I had to on Wednesday. Everything that Wednesday does, everything I had to play did not make sense for her character at all. Oh my God. And she goes on to, yeah, extraordinary. And then she did another interview with the times since then in which she slags off the program in, in a new way where she talks about oh, she, yeah. was so reluct- she was so reluctant yeah. to do it she basically told told tim burton where to go and she said no i'm not doing it because i only want to do films yeah and the films are better than tv and she specifically says she was just said i said i've done tv all my life and all i ever yeah. want to do is film I, I, just, it would prevent me from doing other jobs i really wanted and cared about so you're like, yeah okay. yeah it's incredible she is a piece of work i feel like we're, we're we're entering into a possible drake remore situation here where mm. wednesday season two she's gonna fall down a lift shaft yeah. in the first episode <laughs> <laughs> the writers yeah. are like uh-huh right see how you like this yeah and i'm sure yeah. there'll be quite a few yeah. people who want to push her um that's that, right. is, that is awful mm. yeah yeah it's crazy, how, how short-sighted yeah, yeah. It's it's Just it's, it's uh, an odd an odd mood i would say mm. seems a seems a it's strange not a vibe james it's not a vibe it's not a vibe. No. no. Uh, any other news before yes. we move on? Now, this is not strictly um, <laughs> TV news, but it is reviews <laughs> news. Right. Because now, last week we, I say we, I did a shout out saying, please can we get some more um, reviews of the podcast? Uh. Because I wanted to get nine more um, to then force James to buy cake, which I mean, to be fair, anyone just listening this week would probably think we deserve cake. <laughs> the onslaught of abuse we've had from James this week. But anyway, well, we've exceeded our um, our goal and we are now on 1,111 ra- uh, ratings. 
And can I just give a little shout out to my favorite review that has come in? Oh, God. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliantly short. It was from someone called 30... 30- Is it from Paul? Is it from the hated Paul? <laughs> Paul, please, if you are going to rate us, don't don't let James's performance today like put you off. Give us a full five stars, please. Um, yeah, it's from someone called 13 Slim. And they've given us five stars, so thank you. And they've just said, let there be cake. <laughs> that is their review. That is the whole review. I'm here for that person. Thank you very much, 13 Slim. I salute you. Let there be cake. Very good. Yeah. Let there be cake. So, um, right. yeah, thank you to everyone who um, left a review and anyone else. Listen, we're still taking reviews. I'm going to obviously figure out more incentives for um, to get James to buy I've got more to make stuff. I'll make it on the cake first. Yeah, and I've done some research into that of your nearest... What, into what cake I should get you? No, into the nearest pat, um, pat Val, Patisserie Valerie. Is that where I've got to go? This sounds expensive. Yeah, you've got four cats. I was thinking M&S, you Absolutely know, Colin the Caterpillar, no. something kind no, no, of no, basic. No, no, no. I'll, send you, I'll send you some links. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great, thanks. So thanks, thanks for um, thanks for rating us, so we can get. Yes, cake. thank you all mm. for the reviews mm. about cake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to this week's reviews. And first up this week, we have Great Expectations, a little story you might have heard about. Uh, specifically, Stephen Knight's interpretation of the Charles Dickens classic, which sees Fion Whitehead as Pip, Olivia Coleman as Miss Havisham, and inexplicably Matt Berry as Mr. Pumblechuck. <sighs> Who is fan- He's fantastic, the- by the way. He is oh. fantastic. But I did do a double take. I was like, is that, is that, isn't, is it, is. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you, Miss Havisham. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boydie, what the dickens did you think of this? Well, um, first of all, in my uh, Q&A with Stephen Knight and Olivia Coleman and the rest of the cast, except not Matt Berry. Matt Berry was not there, sadly, uh, last week. Uh, at the BFI, um, Stephen Knight did say that he he, he loved Matthew Matt Berry's performance as Mr. Bumblechuck so much that he think was thinking of doing a spin-off <laughs> series just about him. He yeah. should Bumblechuck, <laughs> yeah, Bumblechuck, and he is fantastic in that role. Um, this is what's interesting about this is that it's only um, a matter of years ago that our favourite screenwriter Sarah Phelps, uh, aka Phelpsy, wrote yes. her version. Of this show, she did, um, which had Gillian Anderson in the Miss Havisham role, and various other people in Douglas the cast. Booth. So I can't remember Douglas Booth. That's right, um, as Pip, and that was a brilliant version. I remember watching it. I remember loving it. So, and it's, what's interesting is like she's famous for bringing in the dark, you know, the very the black comedy and the darkness and the perversity of all the things she ad- adapts. Particularly, famously, all of her Agatha Christie's, and yet so is Stephen Knight in a way. You know, I think you know one one of the best things about Peaky Blinders, the show he's most famous for, is how you know it wasn't just ostensibly the story of gangsters you know, in Birmingham in a particular period. But there was so much more going on than that. And there was a lot of kind of dark, weird sexual stuff going on. You know, there was kind of um, proper, like, emotional weirdness and freakery in that show. And he brings that, a lot of that, to his version of Great Expectations, which is, we should say, a very adult. I mean, there's been versions of Great Expectations that went out at, like, 4.30, 5 o'clock on a Sunday evening on BBC One. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, you know, this is not family viewing. Very much so. And while the and the first episode kind of sticks pretty closely to the very famous storyline, Pip, he's an orphan, he's living with his really horrible sister, played by She's Amy really Spice, horrible. A, she is a monster yeah. in this, you know. I mean, she is in the book, but she really is in this version. And her rather lovely husband, um, who's a blacksmith, and Stephen Knight's actual dad was a blacksmith, by the way, which is partly why mm. he felt 
a personal connection to the story. And Pip goes off to see, to pay, to see his uh, dead parents, to see their graves, at which point he gets accosted by Magwitch, who's a, you know, who's a kind of ex-con who's escaped from his prison ship. And that forms the kind, that's the kind of big, that's the big opening action scene that, that always gets, you know, dramatized and it's done very, very well in this version. But it's really, and then um, Bumblechuck, come, Bumblechuck comes along with the offer to Pip to make money. Wait, he's pumbled. By he's Bumblechuck, isn't he? I think we. I think someone's. At, well, at some point, I think someone slipped into calling him Bumblechuck. Yeah, it, it, there's different spellings. To be honest, there are different spellings of his name. I noticed on on um, on, on yeah. Wikipedia, it's Bumblechuck, but it is Pumblechuck. It yeah, is yeah. Pumblechuck. Yeah, You're so right. it's, it's spelled. Have I been calling him Bumblechuck? Yeah, well, at one, at one yeah. point you did, but I enjoyed Probably. it, so I did. But correct. it is it is uh, Pumblechuck is mm. obviously the canonical pronunciation. Mm. Uh, correct. Anyway, he comes along with this offer for Pip to the family that that um, Pip will be paid to go and hang out with this weird, creepy Miss Havisham in her massive, huge mansion, along with her adopted daughter, Estella. And it's this is a weird proposition in itself and forms the crux of the story, really, that, um, that, that Pip, who wants to kind of advance himself and go beyond, you know, his working class, very working class family and make a gentleman of himself. And so he gets this kind of education, really, through these two weird people. And you have to say that the casting of Olivia Coleman as as uh, Miss Havisham is genius because Olivia Coleman just brings out that that really kind of that weirdness, that kind of festering anger. She's a woman who's been left at the lurch uh, um, at the altar. That's why she's become, she is who she is. And she kind of takes out, she sees a kind of bringing in Pip and watching him play games with his daughter as a kind of revenge on mankind, on, on male kind, on, on men. But she, she kind of gives such depth um, to that role and she kind of has such a great time with it that it's fantastic to watch. She really brings out this kind of like, there's almost like enjoying herself as she watches these people and the games they're playing. So she's fantastic. I think the rest of the cast is great. Finn Whitehead uh, as Pip. Pip is kind of, is a bit of, is slightly a bit of a blank, at least when he goes through this incredible journey. Like he starts out as a, as a, Working class kid, and he kind of becomes a gentleman, and and his he becomes an amoral figure. I think very interestingly, Ashley Thomas, better known as the rapper Bashy, plays Mister Jaggers, who's the incredibly evil, wicked lawyer. Again, who is who Stephen Knight gives much depth to. I've seen the whole series, by the way. I watched all six episodes, okay. so um, I, I could bang on about it all day. It's it's really really good. I think I think Stephen Knight just has such a brilliant take on this story and brings. So many new things to it. And, and in answer to your point, James, that you said right at the beginning of the podcast, I said we'll get to it. Yeah. The way Stephen Knight famously works is to write stuff just as it occurs to him. He does not plan in advance. He does not plot things out. He has <laughs> Much like me in of, this podcast, but yes. Right yeah, <laughs> exactly. He does not have loads of post-it notes with the whole structure of his, of his stories. And he kind of did as much as he could with this. Obviously, he's, he, in the sense that he's writing, he's very, you know, he's monitoring the book, looking at the book, reading the book, adapting the book, but it goes off in different directions. And he does change quite a lot of things about it. Does it? That's more, interesting. Yeah. So there's much more of Jaggers, for example, in this TV show than there is in the book. There's actually a lot more Miss Havisham as well, really. Um, oh, that's good. In this. Yeah, which is absolutely the right decision. I mean, if you're having Olivia Coleman as Miss Havisham, you better hope so. So exactly. But at the point at which, and this was my first question in the Q and A that I that I, that I uh, had with him the other day, the point at which I thought this is we're in Stephen Knightland rather than Dickens land is when in episode two, you get to see 
Matt Berry's Pumplechook being beaten on his bare ass by Hayley Squires. Oh my and god! That is he, so he really was Bumblechook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! That, and that is a yeah, and it all kicks off for what there. reason? <laughs> well, I cannot. Mm. Um, who knows? Who knows? It's a very good question. That's what we were asking in the Q and A. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, a perversion. Okay. But it's all about. Well, I mean, she is horrible, and yeah, yeah, she's yeah. awful. I really liked it. I mean, I'm a sucker for a period drama and Dickens, and so I was always going to like this. But I just thought, well, I agree with everything you said, and I just thought that Stephen Knight's done a good job of sort of amplifying. I mean, Dickens is, you know, obviously his books are quite dark and grimy and gritty and atmospheric anyway, but he's done a good job of amplifying that and just sort of, you know, this is a, I think I said in my review, it's like a critique of England's class system, right? And that really comes across in the whole, throughout, through the whole story. For me, the highlights were Matt Berry. I mean, he was fantastic as Pumblechook. And I just, and I'm glad, will he get more, does he get bigger throughout? He's pretty, yeah, he comes in and out. I wouldn't say it's like a huge role, but he recurs quite, quite a lot, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also Olivia Coleman as um, Miss Havisham. She's just, I mean, I can't, I watched the um, Sarah Phelps's TV um, adaptation in 2011, but I can't remember Gillian Anderson's performance particularly in that. I can't remember if she was as sort of sick and twisted as Olivia Coleman's playing it because she really plays it in such a, I mean, one yeah, of the lines no, she sure. says something about, Oh, she talks about Pip carrying out her sick fantasies of what she wants. And you just feel it's generally it's genuinely unnerving and creepy and like, oh gosh, she's awful, but brilliant. So um yeah, I just thought casting Olivia Coleman was a stroke of genius. Because actually, who else can follow? Gillian Anderson. We've also had Helena Bottom Carter in that role. You know, it's probably the natural progression to have um Olivia Coleman in it, but she was great. Do you know what? don't know this story particularly well. I've never what? read Great Expectations. I did this, didn't study it at school. And thinking about it, I'm not entirely sure whether or not I have watched mm. an adaptation of it. I think I have seen what... Have you seen the an, film? David Nichols's film? Like um, That's the one I think I've seen. Yes, I think I've seen that. I just remember very little about it. So yes, I think I've seen that. But I don't remember this story. Maybe I should watch them all. Like, like, in success. And this could be my year of Dickens. Yes, that's quite a few. reference for you there. That's quite um, a few. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not all yeah. of them. I'm sure Doctor Who and or Star Trek have done a version of it at some point. But um, so I don't know the story very well. So I was a little bit like, I, you know, I vague, oh, yeah, I know who Magwitch is. I know who Pierce. I've, it's all a bit vague to me. So I, I kind of, I, I mean, look, I wasn't dreading this at all, but I wasn't exactly looking forward to it. I was a bit, okay, great period, whatever, Dickens, blah, blah, blah. But, but I was just like, ooh. And suddenly, despite myself, I became ever so slightly obsessed. It is so beautifully shot, and the production design is outstanding. And just like the, where everything from like the misty marsh to like the feel of the forge and their little kitchen, mm. and then Havisham's house, all of it, the costume design, it's you know, Boyd, it's lavish <laughs> up the wazoo. Yeah. It really is, and it's and but it's just really, really compelling. You know, just the relationship between him and his sister, who is the absolute worst. Also, the kind of jocular, friendly relationship he's got with his sister husband mm. who's the blacksmith who obviously the two of them are very much you know you know in cahoots
roots a little bit, knowing that she's a bit of a martinet. And uh, but then also the real pain that he goes through his face when Pip says, "I don't want to be a blacksmith because mm-hmm. you know I'm super smart and I don't really want to make horseshoes for the rest of my life," which is kind of fair. You know, it's it's. I, I, I got really, really into the character of it. I loved Matt Berry walking in and demanding pie, which was spectacular. All of it really, really got me. And then the dynamic with Magwitch, and I do kind of know where that, at least, arc of the story is going. I remember that bit. But I thought that was really interesting as well. And when you see Magwitch and the other and the other convicts on the ship at the beginning, you know, being shipped off to Australia, it's, it's, I think, the sense of place, the sense of time and place were really what got me that I felt this felt a hundred percent like being in this time yeah. and being in these places. And these people felt real. They felt like lived in, believable, well-rendered characters. And I think that, to use a wanky word, verisimilitude, really, really gets me. Like it really gets its hooks in me. So I just wanted to to stay with this. So despite having less than great expectations of this, I was very, Ooh. very, very, very excited <laughs> by it. It's um, really, really, really good. This is perfect Sunday night television i'm just surprised it's not it feels like a real winter production it should be on at winter in winter do you know what i mean well because it starts at christmas <laughs> <laughs> no it just feels like something it that you'd, you know cozy yeah. winter uh cozy winter night in you can imagine rather than yeah in spring i don't yeah. know, just saying it's not co- it's not a cozy show though no but the one it's not a cozy show no it's no. not of course but like i mean few of dickens adaptations are but yeah yeah, he wasn't the laugh riot, was he? Um, <laughs> did you know that burning berries in the house invites Satan in? I didn't know that. That's no, something no, I didn't know. So. No, no. A shout out, to, I want to shout out to Shalom Brew Franklin, who plays Estella, the, the grown-up Estella. There are two kids play them, in, mostly in the first episode, who are both great. Yeah. But um, she's fantastic as, as, as Estella as well. Another brilliant bit of casting. So, yeah. Very good. Great expectations then. Which lands on BBC One when, Boydie? Sunday at nine o'clock. Um, and it's not going to be a box set, unusually. It's not going to be a box set, so you will no, have to watch it. Week. Is it weekly? Yes. Week by week. As, as we Dickens would have intended, a serial. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. As, as Charles Chaz. commanded. Chucky, Chucky Chaz. D. <laughs> Chucky D. Mm. Yeah. Right. That was Great Expectations. Let's move on to The Dry, which is an Irish comedy created by Nancy Harris, which stars Rasheen Gallagher as a woman on the wagon returning to Dublin from her adopted home in London uh, for her nan's funeral. This has perhaps reductively been described or (laughs) dubbed the Irish flea bag. But Kay, the question, of course, is does that do it justice? Tell us about The Dry. So The Dry is, as you said, it's um, it features Roisin Gallagher, who plays a character called Shiv. And as you said, she's back from London. She's in Dublin for her nan's funeral. And she spent basically years in London partying and she's now sober um, and has like these good intentions. She's going to stay sober. She's, you know, this is her new life. But very quickly, she realizes being back in her family home with the family dynamics and also, you know, for this sad occasion is very much like tempting to hit the booze again. So it's all about how she navigates this new phase of her life and all the issues her family have. I really like this. I just thought I I really enjoy dark humor and there's ample, you know, there's bucket loads of that here. You know, just seeing her parents in the first few scenes, just watching the open casket like it's a TV. Um, and all the stress that comes with having a wake in your home, plus the dynamics between the siblings. I found that really interesting and also quite sort of like hard to watch because they do like go at each other and it's it's quite fraught, um, the tension particularly between Caroline, her sister, um, and Shiv, um, but also the parents. So 
they keep on hinting at this drama that's occurred when she was full on, you know, boozing. Obviously, bad stuff has happened. We don't quite know what, but something bad has happened and her behavior has obviously contributed massively to that because, you know, they're worried that she's going to relapse, particularly at the wake and cause a scene. And between them, you know, you see the parents occasionally talking of like, you know, can we can surely put up with her for one weekend, can't we? It's just awful. <laughs> I was like, oh God. So, um, yeah, I really like, it's very bittersweet and I really enjoyed it. And I thought particularly, you know, the sadness of seeing Shiv realizing slowly dawning upon her that the one person who sort of accepted her and liked her for her is basically in a in a coffin it was really sad but also made me laugh yeah bittersweet uh i did mention um uh free bag in my preview that i wrote for heat <laughs> magazine apologies for that's, space boy, that's what they call you yeah i know uh, i mentioned back for good as well um another show you know focusing on a woman and her um her issues but this is got very different i also said which is true this has its own unique tone different tone as well and i think it does so i think it's does a really good job of not trying to be too funny I mean, it's a half hour show it's a it's a show that's in half hour chunks and you think oh this is this is a, a sitcom basically or a comedy an out and out comedy but it feels like you know without getting into obviously we often debate whether or not shows a drama or a comedy or a comedy drama or whatever there are funny bits but they're completely driven by character like there's not even really any gags in it and i i when i say gags i mean like there's no big comedic setups you know where there's like a kind of where there are punchlines to a comedic situation it's just that every now and then it's just that these characters are quite funny in their own right and that they're the way they're being observed and you know the way that people i don't know suddenly decide to cover up for their drinking or the the guy her ex with the hat, that annoying twat in the hat. <laughs> um, the twat in the hat, yes. The twat in the hat. He is like, I, I, I instantly took against him. And then uh, even more, I, don't, you, I watched two episodes. In the second episode, he really is a fucking massive jerk. Um, but you're laughing kind of at how pathetic he is rather than anything specifically that he says and does. And I think, so it's kind of, it, it's quite stealth the way it is funny. Um, and I quite like that about it. And I agree. I think that her relationship with her siblings was really interesting. I thought the gay son was brilliantly brilliantly played and he get, he gets a really good scene in the second episode with his mum where he just decides to take her shopping in town and they, they and they go off and have cocktails and stuff it's quite unpredictable in that way and it's quite um it's it's unusual and different yeah it's it's i thought it's really really good and it's it's you know itvx is kind of this this is a show that was made you know in ireland for rte i think it was an rte co-production with britbox and now it's been itvx has taken it but i think they're actually like doing a good job of showing a lot of stuff that people would have heard about. Because I remember hearing about this show and it got really, really good reviews in Ireland. You know, it's, it's hailed as a, as a really great show. And, and it is really, really good. It's, it's, it's pretty excellent. I think. Well, Come on, James. Hold on to your hat, ITV. Don't piss on because, Upgrade. Come on. <laughs> no, it's fabulous, isn't it? Ah, like, I love yeah. it. Uh, but it. No, but this is exactly my kind of comedy where exactly, as you said, there are no kind of ridiculously, you know, straining credulity setups or gags or corny like dum dum kind of humour. It's just character driven funny James, people what noise was that? in situations. That was a ba dum bum No? No, I just wanted him to do it again. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Uh and so, but I properly was tittering to myself in this. It really made me laugh. I couldn't even tell you what made me laugh or what the gags were. But I did okay, so at the beginning, so so Rasheen Gallagher, who is spectacular as Shiv, we start with her at the airport where she hasn't been picked up. 
and she's having a conversation with some random guy drinking a Guinness on his own. And suffice to say, the conversation it goes in an unexpected direction. It involves Jesus, and it ends with, shall we say, a uh, an exclamation of hers, which actually properly made me piss myself laughing. I thought it was just fucking fabulous. Not just the way she delivered it, but then the way the scene is blocked and the way everyone reacts to it was just magnificent and i was just like i i just pegged this as i'm gonna watch every episode of this because it's really funny and i really enjoyed it and i love that kind of i suppose this is more the flea baggy thing it's not that she's it's got a female protagonist and she's a bit of a as terry would absolutely not have described a hot mess it would be it's the fact that it has that real tragic comic vein running through it so it's a little bit sad it's a little bittersweet if you will uh but yeah it, it, no it is it, it, it works really, it's really funny it's tragic it's all this there's lots of pathos in it it's just a lovely little human story that's really entertaining really funny and crucially also short so it feels like it never has days it's welcome uh yeah i i thought the dry was maybe doesn't have the best title of any show i've ever seen but it's uh it's great it's really great Hooray. Hooray for the dry. I think I think I it just is heard this super dry. That would have been a really good intro to this review. Can't believe I didn't think of that. I heard the noise of like several ITV bods just fainting on the spot that you liked one of yeah. their things. One of their shows. <laughs> they called off the uh the hit on my life and I can come out of hiding. No, now. that's still very <laughs> much there. So it's not oh, okay. it's not really an ITV show though, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So it's the, the ITV fatwa remains in place. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay okay right the dry then which comes to the itvx on the i want to say thursday the Always 23rd thursday for itvx yeah. yeah yes the thursday the 23rd of the march excellent finally this week we have the return of yellow jackets last year's mystery show about a girls football team that crash lands in the wilderness back in the 90s with a parallel story about how the girls who survived as adults having moved on from their whole feral lord of the flies-esque cannibal phase um it also features an embarrassment of 90s bangers on the soundtrack which i'm very pleased to report continues into this second season as well Kay is officially the expert on yellow jackets having watched everything yellow jackets over the past week so i'm going to ask you Kay, is this better or worse than chumbawamba's tub thumping <laughs> it is as good i do you know what i've got to um i'm a bit worried about talking about this i might have to hand over the baton to boyd because oh. well Two things. First of all, as you know, I've watched 11 episodes back to back. And so now I've fallen into a, a confused, I'm confused as to what was in the finale uh, and what's in the see. first episode. But more crucially, we got this sort of spoiler list letter that comes through when you get a screener. And to me, it feels like everything's on there that, like, that we can't talk about. So all I will say is it continues to be great storytelling. So at the end, I'm just going to do a talk around basically the end of the finale we we knew certain things right so we knew in the past that jackie was dead can we say that i mean i've said it i think th i think we can say that i'm saying if you haven't seen season one of yellow jackie you probably skip this okay fine uh <laughs> so jackie's dead we know that that javi's missing and then in the present we're dealing with all the facts that you know like misty has drugged the reporter um and Lottie has tra uh, cleared Travis's bank account, who is Travis R.I.P. Um, and Natalie's been kidnapped. And um, Thaisa, well, she butchered her dog. So, you know, very much now we're just following on from those storylines. And all I can say for fear of being shot by uh, the bigwigs is that Ty has got a new dog. Hashtag pray for Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and Misty is still... Steve is the name of the dog, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Understand. 
Yeah, oh. Justice for Steve the dog. We should yeah. pray fine. for Steve. Steve could be a character that you're praying for. I'm just <laughs> okay, explaining. Sorry. You know. Pray for <laughs> Ty's dog, new dog called Steve. And um and yeah, Misty is still is still completely bonkers and mad. Um I love Misty. She's my I think she might oh God, I'm torn between Shauna and Misty, but Misty for me gets the best lines and the from because obviously I've binged it. The scene where she tries to stop Natalie from taking cocaine remains <laughs> one of my absolute highlights. Those two scenes were just brilliant. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm just gonna say it's really, really good, but I'm I don't know what else to say that we can get and away you're with. Glad saying. I forced you to watch it. Oh Excellent. yes. No, I've actually said to other people that I was like so happy that you guys forced me. Like, James particularly, he was banging on, you'll you'll like this. And I thought, mm, is he trying to dupe me? He like <laughs> like he does. Is it set in space? But uh, I'm yeah. so happy that you uh, twisted my arm to watch it because even though it's not my kind of show at all, this is an example of the pod doing good. It convinced me to watch a show that I wouldn't have ordinarily, and I really enjoy. I like, couldn't. I was could not stop watching it. And how often do you get to hear Tori Amos's Cornflake Girl in a show? I'm saying not often enough. Mm, so uh, they up, I will say the title sequence still upsets me though. Right, I'm completely run round by the title sequence. That's my big news because I, I agree with you. I didn't like the title sequence uh, last when we watched the first series. I thought it was yeah, but it's got this it's like discordant. It's and very quite, low. Uh, uh, it's yeah. discordant. It's the that song that music that song if you call it a song is by Quake Quake <laughs> Craig Wedron and Anna Waronka who who do a lot of the sound the soundtrack and so it's specifically created by them for the show it's called No Return but I think it really works now I've completely changed my mind I've done a whole I've done a complete one eighty because um, it really fits the kind of messy kind of slightly grubby quality of the things that go on in the show um, and it has got a very like 80s feel to it to, to, to 80s 90s feel to the music so i can't i kind of really like it now that that and and the kind of I lo-fi i can't quality. even remember it yeah it's it's got it's kind of like a fuzzy tv it's like fuzzy tv action you're watching clips oh, yeah, from their yeah. lives play out over a very discordant oh i like um, that music. yeah i've always liked it yeah mm. Yeah, but the Tori Amos song as well. I particularly was that the, the, that's in, leading into the end in the end titles, isn't it? Yeah, I think in episode one. I can't right. remember, but it, I remember I think being so. in there. And thinking, yeah, Ooh, it's the music girl. choices are brilliant. But we should say, yeah. I don't know if we even explained the premise. Maybe, maybe I maybe I missed it. But it is about this group of high school girls who end up in the in the um, wilderness in the Canadian wilderness have, after their plane crashes, and it cuts between the teenagers as they're trying to survive in that it, wilderness. It is in many ways the template for Race Across Canada, the popular reality <laughs> right. TV show that we yeah. discussed last week. So, exactly. So. I don't know if they're going to end up um, doing what they have to do in this in this show, but yeah. That Fingers crossed not. If Race Across the World takes a really dark turn, <laughs> it could end up. Um, but that cross-cutting between 1996 and the present day is obviously carries on in, 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 in series two. I, the interesting thing for me, this show, I, I mean, I love it. It's brilliant. It is really, you have to really pay attention. I think it's interesting that Kay's binged on it, you know, not kind of watched it, have 11 episodes in a week or whatever it is. So they're all fresh in your mind. I, the first series I watched, I didn't, I didn't binge on it. I was watching it week by week. And you really have to, to kind of remember all, there are so many characters and their in, in the past and present that, and their kind of, and their various associates. It got quite complicated for me and I had to really focus. And funnily enough, I thought the recap, there's a long recap at the start of this new season. I thought, oh my God, even the recaps are really confusing and complicated because it has to be, because it is quite a complicated setup for the show. But having said that, it's just fantastic. And the cast, I mean, Melanie Linsky, fresh from her 
role in The Last of Us, her cameo role in The Last of Us, really, is just so brilliant. And you kind of like, she does, she's done some terrible things, but you kind of excuse them because of the way, because she's such a brilliant, such a brilliant actress. And her um, relationship with her teenage daughter is brilliantly, um, uh, brilliantly believable as well. Then you've got, as you mentioned, you've got, you know, Christina Ricci having a brilliant time. Juliette Lewis. Oh, I love Juliette yeah. Lewis. I mean, yeah, yeah. She is she what she kicks serious butt in this show and has she's to so in episode good. one. She's so good. Yeah. And all the and all the team cast are brilliant as well. I mean, they're just yeah. all absolutely to a T. Down every single one of them is completely believable in this show. And it's and even though it's got elements of like lost, it's got a lot of elements of other shows, you know. I mean, the plane crash and all of that. Um, it's so that structure of it, the flashing back and back between these two timelines and the way that it's played out in the current timeline. The current timeline is full of really freaky stuff, the stuff that's in the in the basement with all, all that stuff that, that Steve the dog mm-hmm. gets to see in the first episode. And the, the thing oh that's going God. on, I can't, I'm, not, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. What? Can we just say, like, Steve, what Steve the dog has to witness in that first yeah. episode is barbaric. It's horrendous. Exactly. Justice is exactly. Uh, yeah, we do need, yeah. we need Steve to be taken away from Ty because, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but they've all got really weird, freaky stuff that's happened to all of them, basically, in the present day mm. to, a, to a demented level. There's like a, re- there's like a really full-on sex scene in the in the first episode um, of present-day stuff. Do you remember yeah, you know what I'm referring yeah. to? Which is like, oh, my, okay, just to add to the perversity of the situation, we're going to give you this. It's full-on. I love it. It's mad. Um, but it is. It, but that's what it, So even though it's got lots of bits and pieces of other shows, it's completely unique in yeah. its own right. See, this to me it's, is peak TV. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, 100%. Rather than, yeah. But this oh, this is this is the peak TV version of Lost, isn't it? Really, like that's mm, what this feels yeah. like. It's like it's yeah. that kind of it's a mystery box show, but with more of an undercurrent of horror to it. But it, again, it's fascinating. It's edgy. It's really great. It's kind of unshackled by the kind of I guess restrictions of of what Lost went through on whatever network it was on at the time. Um, but ABC. It was ABC. Yes, indeed. I, like I I I love this so much. I think it's great. I think the casting, as you said, is on point. I have no idea where it's going because it is completely bonkers. Mm. Um, and it's shocking as well. And some of the places it goes to are really fucking bleak. Yeah. And I really want to know what happens with the show. There's a reason why this became one of the most talked about shows of last year. And like it was a phenomenon. Um, yeah. and, and with good reason. There's so. such depth to the depth to the characters though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you get to explore yeah. why the fuck they are all like this. And, and, and what I think is really interesting. And I think the thing, the thing that hooked me is the dual timeline to see how that trauma plays out in the now, you know? Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And it's the fill in the blanks thing, isn't it? It's like, because again, it, it has that timey wiminess that Lost had, but it just does it in a very pointed way where the thing about this is, it's very easy to have one timeline that's interesting and one that very much isn't. And what they manage to do with this is they make them both equally compelling and both full of mystery as well. Yeah. So you don't know where you're going to go in either timeline. And again, part of it is the casting because the young cast is really good, but the adult cast is an absolute knockout, mm. which helps because the, the, the sort of the modern day stuff is slightly more grounded, which helps keep that really compelling it's just i mean it's just a great show watch it really is ultimately what this comes down to is if you're not watching yellow jackets what the fuck are you doing the only thing that's going to throw people is yellow jacket season one of course aired on sky yellow jacket season two now is on paramount plus so a few people had written in to say oh my god what is this why is it not on sky i don't have paramount plus sorry that's just one of those things can they do one of those things just do a trial 
and lap I think it up if you've got cancel. Sky, I think you certainly if, if you've got Sky Q, you do get Paramount Plus. I'm pretty sure for free. Do so you get the whole all... of Paramount Plus? I know you can get Paramount Plus through so. Sky Q. I don't know if you get it unless you pay for it. I think it's like a bolt-on extra. I don't think it's like a base package thing. If not, Boyd's oh. going to pay for each person who doesn't have it. I'm pretty. That's right. <laughs> shut the, shut <laughs> I'm the buying you cake. Up. Boyd's paying for everyone's Paramount Plus. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! I'm pretty sure you get it. <laughs> this yeah. this exclusively really for Paramount Plus subscribers. Yeah. As yeah. well as getting the post Boyd in his velour um, robe, you also, he'll also pay for your Paramount Plus. What could be fairer yeah, than that? That's, that's a Pilot Plus guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous Yellow Jackets then, which comes to the Paramount Plus now on Friday the 24th of March. Uh, and also, I think we're going to try and do week-by-week week Yellow Jackets spoiler chats on Pilot Plus. I say try to, because obviously oh, <laughs> who the hell knows what we're going to do on Pilot Plus. But certainly that is the right. goal. Not not this Thursday's one, because that's too soon. And also it's like mm. the day it airs. But we'll we'll go with um, maybe the week after we'll start. Uh, the only thing is, I've been given, and as I'm sure you guys have, been given quite a few episodes in advance. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to restrain myself. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Also out this week is Netflix's The Night Agent, adapted by The Shield's Sean Ryan from the Matthew Quirt novel of the same name. This stars an FBI agent whose greatest opponent is, in fact, a Netflix embargo. So we'll be discussing this one on Pilot <laughs> Plus this Thursday to see if he overcomes said embargo. What else is out this week, Boydie? What have you missed? What did we not cover? Oh, that's a good question. The new series of Grace. This is the, I, mentioned, I mentioned that last week, I think. The Brighton set. Um, crime series that's back on I think Sunday did, yes. at 8 o'clock on TV okay uh, The Cleaner the Greg Davis comedy um, that is on if you if people who like comedies and Greg Davis it's like an anthology show he plays a crime up, cleaner upper and that's on Friday on BBC One um, there's a thing called Drift Partners in Crime on Sky Atlantic which I think is a German kind of cop duo show Kay that you should have got us to do because it's subtitled yeah Kay you should have been going to bat yeah. for that Drift Partners in Crime foreign language show Shocking, exactly. shocking dereliction of duty. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. No, I'm going to get on the. I'm going to get on the foreign drums. Don't you worry. Good. That's a promise. I think, <laughs> I think the season nine of the Flash. Believe it or not. Jesus Christ. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good response. That is on Sky Max on Tuesday, eight o'clock. Um, Power Book Two, Ghost Three, Season Three. That show on Lionsgate Hard is back pass. on Friday. Yeah, indeed. Because <laughs> we Classic. reviewed Power Book something. We did, like, Which yes. came from the middle of the Power story, and I didn't know what was going on. I know, I know. Yeah. I think, oh, there's a Waco American Apocalypse, I think, documentary series on Netflix uh, arriving on Wednesday. Good to I think know. that's a documentary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good to, I don't know, I'm just random now, randomly <laughs> going now. Um, uh, yeah, that'll do. What is our pick of the week? This is hard this week. Isn't it? Yeah. It's, I think this is the toughest since I've uh, joined. This is. Yeah, they're mm. all very good. I'm going to go all great expectations. Shows. I'm going great. Are great you? Ex- Controversial. Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched the whole thing. I did a QA with Olivia Coleman, you know. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go for the drive. You're in the pocket of Big Dickens now, so you can't get away <laughs> from it. Pocket. Big Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go for the drive because. Yeah, that's. Yeah. It's that's a good shout. The drive is excellent. Yellow Jackets are probably the absolute must see because mm. it's the phenomenon. It's only the, the highest profile, I would say. But uh, but they're I all think Dick, they're I all must see. Expectations. BBC One Sunday Night. Stephen Knight is pretty fucking. Olivia Colburn. I think that's pretty high fucking profile. I mean, okay. Listen, we don't need to fight about it. Everyone can watch all of them. <laughs> yes. That's fine. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is, was Magwitch targeted? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'll go for Yellow Jacket so we've got a clean sweep then. So watch all three of these shows, I would say, this week. I think that is a good week for telly. Oh, who knows, though? Maybe the Night Agent will, in fact, be our pick of the week. Find out on Thursday on Pilot Plus. Spoiler, it isn't. Anyway, I, that's it for this week's show. For the, for the record, I don't think anything that's in Pilot Plus should be, like, because we don't get to see it because of embargo, should be allowed to be the pick of the week because we should, pu- oh, really? yeah, they should be punished. Okay, the they imbo- should be punished. Yeah. Right? We're punishing the Night Agent, because which may the- or may not be the best show of the week, but they've embargoed yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Well, we are done. Do please leave us one of those five-star ratings, you know, especially if you want Boyd and Kay to be in with any chance of getting some cake. The cake is a lie. What? And if you're in the giving mood, please do consider signing up to Pilot Plus for the absolute pittance of one ninety nine a month, for which you get even more of us in your ears, not to mention spoiler specials like our Last of Us one, the U Season 4 Part 2 spoiler special with Penn Badgley that we recorded just a few scant hours ago, uh, not to mention early ad-free access to this very show as well. Uh, do follow us on the socials at Pilot TV Pod, at Kay Ribeiro, at Boyd Hilton, at James C. Dyer. Uh, next week is, quite frankly, an absolute pile-up of shows with Succession, Rabbit Hole, Blue Lights, Kindred, The Big Door Thing, whatever it's called, Bryce? Yeah, sure. Uh, 6-4, Unstable, and The Power all hitting screens so honestly i have no clue how we're going to navigate that we're going to have to work that one out uh plus we should should have tony collette and john legazamo on as well talking the power as well uh so that'll be fun um we've got a lot to watch we should probably start maybe now pilot out